That your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect man? Is that good? That your baby boy will one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy Calm a storm with his hand. Did you know 
that your baby boy has walked where angels trod. And when you kiss your baby, you've kissed the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the tongue will speak, the praises of the That your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect man? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. If you would, turn to, take your Bible, turn to Psalm 98. Psalm 98. We began the service with this. I want to go back now and look at it once again, if you would. Psalm 98. Every time we hear the Christmas story, it ought to... Put a smile on our face. Ought to be something that causes us to give, give praise to the Lord. We've heard it once again today. We've heard the story from the different of the Gospels and the foundation for which it came and the, the prophecy that was foretold. And here in Psalm 98, I want us to read verses 1 through 4 once again. If you look there in your Bible, Psalm 98, verse number 1, it says, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our Lord, our God. Make a joyful noise of the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to come together and to celebrate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we're reminded once again of all the different things that took place in preparation, Lord, we're reminded that you had this plan in place before the foundation of the world. And Lord, you sent your Son at the appointed time. Lord, you allowed your Son to be born there in Bethlehem and laid in that manger, knowing that your Son would come, that he might be born to die. 
And Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be reminded of it, that we would rejoice within our hearts. Lord, I thank you for the reason for our joy, and I pray that we'd be reminded again. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. This passage of Scripture, you wonder, why did you start with that? We sang, the very first song we sang was, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. That song was written by Sir Isaac Watts back in the 1700s. Sir Isaac Watts, when he was reading the Scripture, God spoke to his heart, touched his heart, and he sat down and penned the words to joy to the world. Talking about making a noise, a song, and lifting up the name of the Lord. and It's just a wonderful thing, this song. I love joy to the world. And when Christ did come to the world, he truly bought, brought joy to this world. Some 2,000 years later, we still have joy being brought into the world as a result of Jesus Christ being born there in Bethlehem. I praise the Lord for His coming. And this morning, I want to very quickly just wrap the whole service up and bring it all together with looking at the reasons for the joy that we have. The reasons for the joy. The first reason why we see there in verse number 2 in our text, He says, "...the Lord hath made known His salvation." His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. The first reason why we have joy today is because of the revealed salvation that God has revealed to us. God has offered us salvation. When Jesus Christ was laid there in that stable in Bethlehem and, and wrapped in, in, in swaddled in clothes, it literally was God wrapping His Son, His gift, and, and, in human flesh and putting Him there in that manger there in that stable. God was giving His precious Son, Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. This is something that God has revealed to all men. God wants everyone to know about this great salvation that He offers. You see, that little baby was the Christ of the cross, and in Him was revealed the wonderful gift of salvation. The, the, the Christ that hung there on the cross is the same as this little baby that we're talking about today. And the psalmist, I, I love what he says here. Notice he says, in the sight of the heathen. Now when you think about heathen, oftentimes you think about maybe over in some jungle place in the middle of Africa, the heathen that are there. That's not what this is talking about at all. Now that includes them, but you know what? It includes us as well. It includes every single one of us. When God sees us in our situation that we're in, what situation is that? That we're sinners. We were born that way. We were born dead in our trespasses and sin, the Bible says. When God thinks of heathen, He thinks about us. He thinks about you and I. He thinks about those that were without, those that were undone, those that were lost, those that were dead, spiritually speaking, those that needed a Savior. When He's speaking of the heathen here, He's talking about how He revealed it to us to those that needed our salvation, who needed a Savior. And so here the, the, the Lord is opening it up to us and God is showing it to us. It's amazing how God revealed it, first of all, there to the shepherds there in, in, in Bethlehem that night. You remember the story how they, they heard of the good news and later on the message after the Lord uh, began His earthly ministry through the disciples, they began to learn about Christ and they shared, even after His death, they shared about what Jesus Christ did and the salvation that He had to offer. And, and when Christ rose from the dead, He went to His disciples and He gave the great commission, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It was revealed through them. And you know, it was revealed to me. It was revealed to you. If you've trusted in Christ your Savior, it was revealed through a personal soul winner. Somebody shared with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Somebody shared with you the good news of what Christmas really is all about. Somebody shared that with you. And and because of that night in the manger there in Bethlehem, God, He he has been working and, and been working since that time and revealing the truth of why He came. He sent His Son that He might die for us to save us from the penalty of sin. And we ought to rejoice in our salvation. Remember the revealed salvation that God has revealed to us. I'm thankful that God has revealed it. You know, not only can we find joy in revealed salvation, we can rejoice in the fact that God chooses to be merciful to us. Remembered mercy. We have reason to give joy and and rejoice, and there's joy to the world because of God's mercy. Look there in verse number 3. Notice what it says there again. He says, He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. Mercy. Aren't you glad for God's mercy today? I mean, where would we be without God's mercy? Where would we be beheaded without God's mercy? Where would I be destined because of my sin? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. I would be on my way to hell, separated from God eternally if it wasn't for God's mercy. I would be consumed already if it wasn't for God's mercy. Listen, there's never going to be a time in your life when God will forget to be merciful to you. God is merciful. I love what the promise in Lamentations, when the, the writer, he says, his mercies are new every morning. The fact that we're here this morning is a result of God's mercy. The fact that I'm breathing air right now is because of God's mercy. We ought never forget, God is merciful to us. God is so good to us. Every morning, God demonstrates that. We're like a reoccurring alarm clock that goes off to wake us up. Every morning, you know, this is the positive connotation. Every morning we get up and God's mercy is right there for us. The day we have to face, the difficulties we go through, never forget that God is merciful. God is there for you. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're going to have to face this day. And yet he's merciful and it's amazing. I praise God for it. Thirdly, the third reason for the joy to the world is righteous judgment. Now that sounds kind of a negative, but it really isn't. I'm thankful for righteous judgment. We live in a world today where I wish there would be absolute righteous judgment. You hear what happens in the court systems today, and it doesn't seem like there's very often where there's righteous judgment. You hear about things that happen when people are not rewarded for things that they do, or people are blamed for things that they don't do, and there's not righteous judgment. But with God, there is absolute righteous judgment. God knows everything. God sees everything. God is a righteous judge. And I like what verse number 9 says. Look there, if you would, at our text once again. And this passage has more to do with the second coming of Christ than it does the first. But notice what he says. Before the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that's Jehovah. For before the Lord, he, for he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness, shall he judge the world and the people with equity. When Jesus came the first time, he came to save the world. When he comes the second time, he's going to come to judge the world. And let me assure you that it's much better that you choose to establish your relationship with Him as your Savior right now than to wait until after you take that last breath, until you pass from this life to the next, to establish a relationship then with Him as your judge. It is so much better if you'd receive Him today as your Savior. 
That's what he wants. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to receive. We talk about Christmas. We talk about how that Jesus Christ was born, laid there in that manger there in Bethlehem. How that Jesus Christ, he was that beautiful baby. But we understand that Jesus, he came that he might live a life we could not live. He lived a life of absolute perfection for us. And then he died on an old rugged cross. Not for his own sin debt, but for my sin debt, for your sin debt. He died for us that the righteousness of God would properly be judged. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, either I have to pay for that sin debt myself and die and be separated eternally from God in a place called hell, or Jesus Christ, because he lived a life of absolute perfection, never at one time did he sin, because he allowed himself to be nailed to a cross and died there on that cross, he paid my sin debt. I can either try to pay for it myself with my own good works, the things that I try to do, and never be good enough to try to appease a holy, righteous God that is a righteous judge, and then one day die and go to hell and be judged at the great white throne judgment as there's that resurrection and you stand before Him and to be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity because I tried to save myself and couldn't do it. Or you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior now in this life knowing that he died for you. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why Jesus Christ died. He died for you, he died for me. That's why Christmas is such a big thing for us, a big event. It's understanding that God now has sent his son that the righteousness of God, the judgment of God against sin could be appeased, could be paid for without us having to pay for it ourselves. Jesus Christ lived that life of perfection and then died paying our sin debt on Calvary's cross. Yes, it's joy to the world because of righteous judgment. God is righteous. God will judge. And if you've trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, the judgment's already been appeased, been taken care of, been paid for. If you've trusted in Christ your Savior, sin debt is paid for because Christ paid for it on Calvary's cross. But you know, it's not just for salvation that God's a righteous judge. God sees us after salvation too. God sees what we do. God knows what's in your heart. By the way, a person that says they're saved and yet something is missing and they've never trusted in Christ their Savior, God knows that. God knows You're a child of God. You're doing things for the glory of God. God sees that. You're doing things for the glory of flesh. God sees it. God sees why we do it. God sees when we do it. God knows everything that you're doing. And God's keeping track because there's coming a day, a day when we're going to be at the the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to receive rewards. We're either going to receive gold, silver, and precious stones things that will last for all eternity in the investment of our life. God is keeping track of that. God knows the, the times in your life when you sacrificed sacrifice for God and you served Him faithfully. God knows that. God is also seeing the time in our life, the things that we do that are wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible speaks about, that will be burned away and be worthless. There's a judgment day that's coming. I praise God. I've trusted in Christ as my Savior. I'm a sinner that's been saved by God's grace. I'm thankful I don't have to worry about the white throne judgment. I'm not ever going to be judged for my sin. It was already judged on Calvary's cross. I accepted the gift of eternal life when I accepted Christ as my Savior. I'm looking forward to the day, though, when we stand or we kneel down at the judgment seat of Christ, the great Bema seat judgment, when we'll give account for our works and we'll receive our crowns 
crowns that we'll be able to take and then throw at the feet of Jesus and worship unto him. Yes, there is righteous judgment. There's joy in the world. I don't have to live up to the standard of anybody else. I don't have to worry about what people think. The only one that I should be concerned about is what does God see and God know. That's who we should be living for. So praise God for the righteous judgment that we have. Thirdly and fourthly, I want you to notice that there's a rejoicing melody within our heart. Joy to the world because of these things, because of what we've already talked about, the fact of our salvation, the fact of God's mercy, the fact that God is a righteous. There's a reason for rejoicing and a melody that ought to be within our heart. In verses 4 through 8, we read expression of that joy, including singing and playing of instruments and making a joyful noise. Those are things that we've done today. We've done this to give praise to God for what He has done. We came together. Oh, come, let us worship the King. Corporately together, we've lifted up His name. And we have a reason to rejoice. Look at verse number 4, what it says. Make a joyful noise of the Lord, all ye earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the voice of psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together. There ought to be a joy within our heart for what God has done for us. When we come together, I mean, especially on Christmas Day, we ought to give praise and, and, and be joyful in our hearts because of what God has done for us. That's what Christmas means. That God has given us the greatest gift of all, His Son, Jesus Christ. And we ought to let that joy be within our heart. That ought to be a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. And I can tell you this, that joy ought not stay there. It ought to be something that we wrap up and keep wrapped up that people can't see. People ought to see that joy in our hearts that should be manifest itself in our countenance. It should be exhibited in all that we do. People ought to see the joy that we have. It's God within us. It's the joy of the Lord that God has given us. It should be obvious. It should be something that's seen. People in our life, they should be able to see that we are a child of God. You know, I've noticed that before. You ever, you ever met somebody for the very first time and it's just, boy, you could just tell the radiance that they had about them that they knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you talk to them and find that out. I've had, I had it happen twice this, this past week. People I never knew before. I'm talking to them and I knew within my heart, these people are, are children of God. They know Christ. And I asked them, where do you go to church? How do you know Christ your Savior? They knew. And I could tell that. What do people see when they look at us? Do they see the joy of the Lord? I know we have difficult times. I know there's times we go through challenges. But as a whole, do people see the joy that's within us? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. We ought to be telling people about what gives us the joy that's within our life. We ought to be sharing who Jesus is. We ought to be sharing what Christmas truly is all about. You see, that little baby in the manger brings joy to the entire world. Jesus didn't come to bring salvation, to offer mercy, and to have righteous judgment to a select few. He has come for everyone. And everyone needs to hear about Jesus Christ. They need to see it in our life. They need to see the joy that we have within our life. And so as we today, as we continue to remember, may we allow the joy, and not just on Christmas Day, not just on Sunday, not just the days we come to church, but may the joy, the joy of the world be within our heart and share it with all that come into contact in our life. Let's all stand, if you would, as we have a word of prayer.
Lord, we thank you for loving us. Thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus Christ, paying our sin debt. Lord, we've read from your word today, once again, the Christmas story. We've sang songs, a melody within our heart. The joy that we have as a result of what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that we would not just worship you with songs. but Lord, that we would worship you with our hearts. Lord, that we would allow you to be king of our life. Sit on the throne of our heart. Lord, that we would let others see you through us. Lord, I pray for those perhaps that are here this morning that do not know 100% sure that they're on their way to heaven. Lord, I pray you'd speak to their hearts now. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, listen, do you know Christ as your Savior? Heads are bowed, nobody looking. What does God see when he sees your heart? God's a righteous judge, he knows. He knows whether you've ever trusted in Christ as your Savior, whether you put your faith completely in him. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Was there a time and a place in your life when you were born again? If you here this morning and say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I have no doubt of that. Would you lift your hand up in testimony? Would you say, yes, I know I'm going to heaven. Based on the promise of God's word, I know I'm going to heaven. God bless me. Put your hands down. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. What a privilege to know. The thing is, God wants everyone to know. You're here this morning. You don't have that peace. God wants you to know. God wants you to know before you leave this place that you're on your way to heaven. Perhaps you're here this morning, you don't have that peace. Could I pray for you? I won't call you out by name, but could I pray for you today? You say, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. Would you just slip your hand up? Could I pray that God would speak to your heart that you'd have that peace today before you leave? Anybody like that? You say, I don't know for sure. I don't know if I died today that I'd go to heaven. Christian, with joy to the world, the Lord has come. This morning, I want to invite you just to come to this altar and pray. Thank God. Thank God for his salvation. That he's revealed it unto you. Thank God for the joy that you have. Thank God for giving you the greatest gift. And as we celebrate Christmas, may we remember the whole reason behind us celebrating today is Jesus Christ. Would you come and thank him? Would you come and praise God for what he's done? Would you ask God for the strength that you need? Perhaps today you need God's mercy. If you're going through a difficult time, would you ask God to give you the strength? Ask God for the wisdom you need. I want to invite you on this Christmas day just to come and worship the King as we bow the knee at the altar. Lord, I pray you'd move in this invitation. Lord, speak to our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come.